January 7, 2008, marked one of the high and low points in my life. High because I was in a plane in the sky. Low because I was detained and eventually deported out of the US. There I was with an officer on my left side holding my passport, walking me through a full airplane all the way to the back. These are big airplanes, which made for a long, humiliating walk. To this day, I remember the eyes of people looking at me. When we got to my seat, the officer informed me he had given my passport to a steward on the flight, and I was not to get my passport back until at least half the flight was complete, just in case. <clears throat> I left the US without a passport, devastated, and my dream totally crushed. Now you are probably wondering, what did I do to get myself into this situation? Let me explain. I was born and raised in the Netherlands and arrived here in Iowa at the age of 17 as a foreign exchange student. While in the Netherlands, I went through several significant events at a young age, and I ended up in foster care at the age of 13. After graduating high school at the age of 17, my foster family asked me whether I wanted to do a foreign exchange year. Given that foster care ends at the age of 18, and I would have to be on my own anyway, being in a different country seemed like a good preparation and a fun adventure. Of course, I thought. Where to? The US, obviously. I entered the US on August 10, 2006, with a program, a 10-month visa, and a couple of suitcases, ready to take on the world. During my stay in Iowa, I got a new appreciation for myself, and I felt a sense of freedom. It was as though all the baggage I had been carrying with me my entire life in the Netherlands was taken off my shoulders. It still existed, but it was as though I was able to put it down and almost ignore it entirely during my stay. I played soccer during my exchange, and slowly, colleges started to reach out. This turned into scholarships. I decided I wanted to stay close to where I had lived that year and enrolled in the college there. At this point in my life, I had not been at a higher high. I was determined to stay, and I would do anything to make that happen. And with that, I mean anything. Now, of course, there were several roadblocks yet to overcome. One was delivering the news back home, and the other was obtaining a new visa. When I delivered the news back home, my foster family and my mom were extremely excited. They were very aware that this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me. My dad was excited, but wanted to play a role in how this would go down. My dad and I do not have a good relationship, and I was 18 with a goal in mind, so I was ready to reject whatever advice he had to give. During spring of that year, it was time for me to enroll in the college. First was working with the director of international studies of my college to obtain the paperwork necessary to submit a new visa application. Originally, the plan was to take this paperwork, travel back home to the Netherlands, schedule an appointment with the U.S. Embassy in Amsterdam, and submit my visa application then. This was the plan, until the Director of International Studies 
had given me advice that I would be able to submit my visa application while in the US. This meant I would not need to leave the country? Just what I wanted. This was the first piece of bad advice I accepted. <laughs> I accepted this advice because I assumed the director of international studies knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and more so, and more so, I accepted it because I was worried that leaving the US would lead the process to fall apart, which would mean the end of my dream. Leaving the US would add steps to the process, and whenever steps are added, more could go wrong. Staying felt like a shortcut. When I told people back home that I changed my plans, they were worried. My father, as well as the director of my foreign exchange program, told me I was required to leave the United States prior to my visa expiration, and I would have to submit a new visa application in the Netherlands. This is where, then I got an email from the director of my foreign exchange program. His email ended by saying, I strongly advise you to return to the Netherlands as originally planned and await your visa application while here. This is where things got interesting in a hurry. It was very confrontational. You remember my life, my dream, and my mindset at this point. I was determined to stay and I was determined to take the steps that felt easiest toward achieving my dream. It was also during this time that I was reminded of that baggage I had put down. I looked at it, and I was not ready to be confronted with that yet. I liked the light feel of my life here. So, I accepted the advice from the Director of International Studies, and I rejected the good advice. I stayed in the country. During fall that year, it was time for me to enroll in the class, join the soccer team, and everything appeared okay. I had booked flights to go back home to the Netherlands to visit family over Christmas, and I left the U.S. on December 17, 2007. On December 18, the day after my departure, I received notice that my visa application had been denied. I later learned my visa application had actually been denied sometime in November. When visas are denied, you have 15 days to leave the country. So, I had already violated this. When I received the notice of my visa application being denied, I remember thinking, oh, well that sucks. <laughs> I mean, I was disappointed, but I figured, at that point in my life, my whole life felt like a fight up to that point, and I was ready to fight this as well. So, what's next? Well, while in the Netherlands, I received advice from an attorney in the US, not an immigration attorney, who told me to return back to the US as originally planned. I would be able to enter the US as a visitor for up to 90 days, and I could then fight my denied visa application while in the country. That was the second piece of bad advice I accepted. <laughs> I entered the US on January 7, 2008, as if nothing had happened. Well, it was as though the authorities in Minneapolis were expecting me. <laughs> I was immediately detained by several Homeland Security officers who took me and my luggage aside into a separate room. 
eventually into an even smaller room. Think of this room as a cell, but with a desk and a monitor for the personnel interviewing me. I had to put my right hand up and swear I would speak the truth. I was in this room for about eight hours, during which I was interviewed, questioned, and they went through my email. I remember sitting in a chair with my head down, hands in my hair, crying. When it was time for me to go to the bathroom, an officer had to come get me, escort me, keep an eye on me, and escort me back. Worst was when it was time for me to board the plane. An officer escorted me to the boarding gate. Boarding went as follows. Gold members, first class, comfort, up until basic economy. That day I learned something else. There's another boarding group after basic economy. <laughs> and that's the group of deports. <laughs> Which really isn't much of a group. <laughs> it was just me. And that's when I took my long, humiliating walk to the back of the plane. Humiliated. Crushed. Exhausted. Hopeless. There went my dream. There went my future. I was at a low. 30 hours after leaving the Netherlands, I arrived back in Amsterdam airport. It took me a while to have clarity, to find energy, to have positive outlook. For the first few days, I cried and remained in disbelief about what had taken place. Would I ever see anyone in the U.S. again? After a couple days, I start going to the gym to get some routine in my schedule and clear my mind. Shortly after, I received an email from another U.S. soccer college coach who I had once been in touch with prior to my departure. He had an interest in bringing me on, had learned what had happened to me, and was determined to help. My dream felt like a possibility again. For the next few months, we emailed each other back and forth. He took care of everything I needed to schedule another appointment with the U.S. Embassy in Amsterdam and submit a new visa application. After my appointment at the U.S. Embassy, it was time for me to wait for my passport with new visa to arrive in the mail. This is all I could think about for weeks. Then it finally arrived. I remember sitting on my bed holding the white envelope. I tore open the envelope, took out the passport, and I started looking for my new visa with excitement and anxiety. I dropped my passport. I couldn't find it. All I found was the visa that had a canceled stamp on it. How could this keep happening to me? Where is my visa? After a few moments, I picked my passport up one more time and took one desperate attempt looking for my new visa once more. There it was, my new visa. <laughs> what a relief. And what a roller coaster. 
On April 20, 2008, three months after deportation, I arrived back in the U.S. Fourteen years later, you'll be happy to know I'm still here with all the right paperwork. Back when I was 18, I let my personal desires cloud my judgment. I accepted the bad advice because it felt good and easy. And I rejected the good advice because it seemed to conflict with my personal desires. Now, I have learned there's no shortcuts to any place worth going. When I receive advice these days, I listen to my gut and do some research. Lastly, this story reminds me that there's people out there who are willing to fight for us. And that gives me faith. Thank you. <laughs>